Welcome to the Birthing Instincts Podcast. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein, community-based practicing obstetrician and longtime advocate for birth choices. And I'm Bliss Young, a licensed midwife. Join us in our conversational style podcast where we talk about everything birth. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but we're happy that you're here. So here we go. This, this is a Soul Fire production. I am so winging it this morning. Good I, morning. Yeah, you know, I have boxes galore. <laughs> To open and explore. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. I love that. It's like a Dr. Seuss. Uh, I know. I said that to you this Dr. morning. Seuss. Just, just rolled off my tongue. Yeah. So I got moved in oh, yesterday um, with the hugest moving van you've ever seen. One of the biggest, the, the biggest kind. Is that yeah. a word? Most huge? Hugest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you see what it's like when Stu's winging it, you guys. <laughs> I am totally winging it. Not only am I totally yeah. winging it, but this is the week. Uh, hopefully, by the time this comes out, this will have resolved. But this is the week where I got completely hacked on Instagram. I lost my account on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I've been out of the loop, which is actually a curse and a blessing because I spend a lot of time on my day scrolling on Instagram, as everybody knows, because they'll message me and they'll get an immediate response, which means I'm on. And then they'll respond immediately, which means they're on. And we're all on Instagram. And somebody hacked into me, they took over my thing, and they've been trying to rip people off. And I know of one of my friends who actually gave them $1,000. Jeez Louise, that sucks. And you know, they took over the messaging too. So when they messaged me, they thought they were messaging me. They said, the person who took over it, the, the fucker, excuse me, who did that. Yeah. Said, yeah, yeah, I know her. She's reliable. And who's so she reliable? Gave the person who's asking for the thousand dollars to give you ten thousand. Oh, I see. Uh huh. And then when she gave a thousand dollars, she got a message back from them saying, "Now you need to register. It'll be two thousand five hundred dollars more." And that's immediately when she. I mean, most people figure it out from the very beginning that anything's too good to be true is too good to be true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And. and but yeah, so I feel bad. I hope nobody else got suckered into that. But it really is a is a bastardly thing to do. Yeah. To do that and, and try to con people and all that sort of thing. So that has been horrible. But the the move is exciting because I have furniture now and I have places to put it. And I have plus, you know, I mean, some of the stuff I've had since I moved to California, like my diplomas and things, which were in storage. And I'm opening boxes yeah. and I'm finding 40 years of my history. Wow. Boxes of photographs. Remember what our photographs are? Those are those things yeah. that <laughs> you used to take them and you'd have to put put them in a book with little black corners on them. And <laughs> photos. Yes. Oh, and then I went I went around the world in 1986 and I have 10 boxes of slides, you know, on those wheels that you wow. I, and I have a slide projector. So someday maybe I'll dig it out of everything's in the garage now and I'll dig that stuff out of the garage and reminisce about something from 40 or 50 years ago, but it really is. A you got to show to it see. to your kids. Yeah. They were opening things, taking it off the truck. And, I, and they said, well, here's a dresser. And I go, well, who does that belong to? Cause I had no, <laughs> I had no memory <laughs> that I even had that piece of furniture. Um, Amazing. Is Maddie there? She's coming tonight. And you're not going back home for Thanksgiving then, or you are. No, no, she'll be here for Thanksgiving. Because originally you were going to go see your family. No, we're going skiing next month with them anyway. Oh, cool. So, Yay. Yeah. 
So I'm going to be here for my first Thanksgiving with just my daughter. My other kids couldn't come. Are you guys, are you guys cooking? That's a funny story. <laughs> Maddie gave me a, a shopping list. Uh-huh. And it's for two people. If I read you the shopping list, you could feed 20 people <laughs> on the shopping list she sent me. So cute, yeah. though. It is, Aww, it, it so is cute. And she says, Dad, I just like tasting all the different food. And I said, okay, <laughs> okay, great. But but then you're leaving. And then I'm leaving. And then we're going to have to throw it all out. It's like, mm-hmm. so the yeah. practical <laughs> side of me often overcomes the the dad romantic emotional side of me. And I shouldn't let it. So I spent a lot of money on food. That's going to, a lot of it's going to go. But it, it didn't cost more than what it would cost to take two people to a nice dinner at a nice restaurant in Los Angeles. So good. Well, put on some music and enjoy the process of cooking the meal together and watch some good movies. It's going to be great. I'm so happy for you. And what's going on for you? Um, we're going to go over, I'm making some food. I actually am, was invited by my friend who's a vegetarian. So I was like, can I bring meat? <laughs> so I'm bringing a ham. And so, yeah, I'm going to go over and have a, a friend. What do they call it? Friendsgiving? Uh, I don't know. Call, call it anything you want. Call it anything you want. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. And and I hope on the on, call. on the week that I cracked 30,000 followers on Instagram, I lost my account. So I'm hoping we can get it back. Um, yeah. Happened to was, Hayes too. Yeah. Even though, I, the, even though the numbers I don't look at, when a number like that crosses, that you have to sort of pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> So, Part of being uh, in modern life. We have a guest I, today. Yeah, we have a guest today, and it's a very important guest today. It's it's a, yeah. a, a old client of mine, a friend of mine. I'll bring her on right away so that I can introduce her. Let's let's get her in the room. Okay, uh, great. This is Sarah Shahi. Sarah Shahi is a client of mine who back in 2015 had home birth with twins. And anybody who comes to my reteach breach seminars, hi Sarah. <laughs> Hi guys, can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me? Perfect, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it, oh my goodness, thank goodness. My son changed the settings, and <laughs> and I and I've been like trying to figure this out all morning. So I'm so glad it works. I'm sure I could have asked taken all of like 30 seconds, but um, but anyway, good. I did it. It only took me 18 hours. Well, make make sure you put a lot of security on your computer so no one hacks it and takes your Instagram account. <laughs> oh God. I can't believe that. I know. I know. It'll, get, I'll get, it'll work itself out. It'll, it'll work itself out. I was just telling them how I know you um, and people who attend my retreat free seminars. You have taught hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of practitioners how to do a breach extraction. My has taught hundreds. Canard's maneuver. <laughs> they're not gonna, now they're going to know who you are. They, you were just listed as Sarah and Knox. And now they're going <laughs> yeah. to know, they're no, know who you are. Yeah, and that's okay because gonna... that's why you're here today. Yeah. So let me let me introduce you properly, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, bliss. I Hi, have, welcome. Hi. I have, the, I have this beautiful uh, press packet, I guess they call it, or whatever you call it. So I got to put my glasses on to read it because Sarah, I had to I had to go with my highlighter and abbreviate it because otherwise it's, it would take up ten minutes of the podcast because it's really in depth and it's great. 
I mean, yeah, no, I had my like I exam last week and the doctor was like, so in a couple, you know, you might want to start thinking about bifocals. She's like, I'm like, oh, great. I'm there, aren't I? Awesome. Thank you yep. so much. Yeah. You know what? It, there's something, but there's something that makes you more intelligent. It's very sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sarah Shahi is one of Hollywood's most versatile talents and her body of work continues to evolve with exciting new projects. Do you have to yeah. read it? Like, can you just be like, that's the girl from... I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my own spin on it. All right, I've never had anyone like me. That's the girl like, from okay. Black Adam. She's yeah, Black please Adam. Please tell me, please tell me how versatile I am, Doc. <laughs> What's that? I said, please tell me how versatile I am, please. Well, I'm listen, I we're gonna get into how versatile you are because you're the mother of three, and you juggle that, and your career has taken off in the last, I'd say, five years or so, really taken off. Because as it says here, you lead one of Netflix's most watched and busiest series, Sex Life, which I think is, I watched the first season and <laughs> couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I know. It was a lot. Pretty it intense. Lot. It's pretty Nothing intense. Nothing you had before, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. What makes it intense, too? Haven't seen it. Sorry. Well, Sarah. you know, for me, I think, honestly, it's not the sex, it's the betrayal. Oh. Mm-hmm. What, because the, everybody in their life has something that triggers them. And sometimes when that happens, it's hard to watch. True. True. Is it, was it the emotional betrayal that, that Billy had? Well, like, what betrayal on whose part? I'm just projecting how I would feel if I was oh. your husband. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. 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 Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I've had many a discussion about this, but anyway, this is not that Zoom. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you start on CBS's Person of Interest, which is where, you know, that's the first TV show I saw you on. Okay. And then you headline the USA series Fairly Legal, playing Kate Reed, a legal mediator who is, I like this one, who's frustrated with the bureaucracy and injustice she witnesses in the legal system. Yes. So I just going to cross off the word legal. And put yes. in the word medical system. Yes, and all the systems. About, yeah, I was going to say just put the system. Mm -hmm. The system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're currently working on your first book. Tell us about that a little bit. What are you writing about? Yeah, I'm writing about uh, relationships. <laughs> Seems to be something that, you know, a space that I find myself constantly like learning and growing in. And when I did Sex Life, it was interesting because I was going through a divorce at the time and I learned a lot being married to somebody and it was tough. It was tough. The marriage was not easy, you know, especially for the last portion. And once we did start having kids, the oldest being 13, the relationship changed. And I don't think he and I were able to adapt properly, but I'm not a quitter. <laughs> and I always want to leave with my, you know, knowing that I did everything. So I just took a lot of relationship courses and classes and marriage classes. And I, you know, therapied myself to death. And then, yeah. So then when sex life came around, you know, just the timing of it, people really associated me with the title character because we we're going through very similar things. And then I just found myself in this space where everybody was asking me for relationship advice and love advice and the things I had learned and how not to settle and, you know, all this stuff. And, and so I said, well, why don't I just, you know, I have enough to say, and I get asked all the time. So why don't I just put it down somewhere? Cause life is lifey. And I just feel like it's just, you know, the more voices that we have out there, especially in this space, at least for me, I don't know, maybe it'll be helpful to somebody yeah i think relationship awesome. struggles right it's now not... i mean throughout mankind's history they've been a problem but but right now it's really 
it's really difficult with the between the social media where nobody goes out and talks to anybody anymore and between the lockdowns where nobody goes out and talks to anybody anymore. Yeah. <laughs> between wearing masks where nobody goes out and talks to anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I also it, feel, you know, like for me, because I am kind of a, like I have, I have spent a good portion of my adult life in a relationship. So it's like, I became good at you know, like communicating, like I'm not the best, not just trying to say I'm, you know, excellent or whatever. I'm the best and don't need help. But it's like, I became a good relationship person. And I feel like for all those reasons, you just listed doc, that a lot of people like, they're just not at that. Like they, I don't know, like either communication or respect or things should be what you give is what you should get like that kind of stuff. Like it just becomes about me, 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 me. Like that's kind of, you know what I mean? And not so much yes, about like. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been that way in a long time. I just think it's come out more now that, you know, with feminism and toxic masculinity being thrown out there and all these things, you know, right. men don't know how to behave and right. women are not sure how they're supposed to behave. Bliss, you should chime right. in because Bliss right. has got lots of thoughts on this stuff. Yeah. On relationship so stuff? Yeah. I was just wondering, Sarah, did you um did you connect with my brother in all of your research? Oh no, who's your brother? <laughs> we have to send her our podcast. I'll send it to you. He came oh. on, he's a relationship guy. So I, I just was like curious if you had I, run across him. No, I have not. But it, you yeah. know, no, I would love to listen to him. Oh. You know, we'll but, make sure to send you that podcast. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, but you're right though, Doc, in a sense that it is one of those things where the roles like you know, the male role and the female role have become muddy. And, you know, and it's like, where does each stand now? And if you want a woman who, you know, is independent and goes out and works, that's great. But then the other partners should feel confident to not dim their light or the other partner should be able, you know, to feel confident to pick up at the house or wherever, because it is a partnership. It's not a competition. And, you know, so it's anyway, whatever. This is not my therapy session. <laughs> no, it, it, no oh, I, I didn't even know it was you were self-reflecting. <laughs> I thought you were teaching. I was going to say, Sarah, it must be so interesting to like have that. You know, I think Stu and I being on this podcast, you know, in our little world, we have become, you know, known. So it's interesting to like have yourself be in the public forum and have people know parts of your life and that don't know you. But for what you described is someone kind of associating you with a character, which is even more kind of interesting to yeah. have this character. And then people kind of think of you in that light. So, yeah. so it's a totally yeah, different. Yeah, it's kind of a, ble yeah, like a blessing and a curse at the same time. You know, it's really cool because it's put me on such a great platform, but then and it's given me a voice and then it's not cool because people think they automatically know you. And right. you know, because <laughs> everyone assumes they're real, like what they're putting out on Instagram is real life. You know, I'm not somebody who uses my children as a form of press. Like it's not something I do. I choose, you know, I don't have them on my page. I think there might be one picture I had for like national world breastfeeding day. You know what I mean? And, and I had the twins and, you know, but I'm not, I don't use them as like, oh, look at what a cool mom I am. Like, I don't do that. Instagram to me, it's a business. They're not a part of my business. And I want to yeah. protect anonymity. But I get a lot of attacks. I get a lot of attacks, like saying that, you know, like I'm an absent mother and I just left my children for another job. Like, it's such bullshit. Like, people don't 
know no. what I do and how the children travel with me. And anyway, whatever. But it's an interesting space for sure. It is a blessing and a curse. So Bliss, guess what time yeah. it is? It's time to talk about our sponsor. Yeah, let's talk about Element. There's Element LMNT is that tasty electrolyte drink that's got all the good stuff in it, none of the BS. And it comes in multiple flavors. And we are going to talk a little bit today about one of the new flavors, but it's great for, for laboring women. It's great for birth workers. It's great for people when working out, whether it's hot outside or cold outside, putting in electrolytes with no sugar is better for you and your body. So Bliss, tell us it because Element's proud to announce they've got a new flavor. It's so funny, right? We just did this special on chocolate and then they hit us with this. So they have a chocolate medley that includes three flavors, chocolate caramel, mint chocolate, and chocolate salt. And all chocolate flavors are enjoyed hot on their own or in your hot beverage, like hot chocolate, no peppermint mocha, or any other cozy beverage you can create. The chocolate medley and all its chocolate caramel and mint chocolatey salty goodness is here for a limited time. And when it's gone, it's gone. So get it while it's hot. Well, so if you guys want to have a chocolate menage, you got three flavors <laughs> of chocolate, go for it. Uh -huh. Go uh, for it. Just go to drinkelement.com backslash birthing instincts. And for every order, you'll get a free sample pack. We've sort of had some confusion lately because I've been saying it wrong. So it's drinklmnt.com backslash birthing instincts. Whatever you order, they'll add in a free sample pack. Thanks, Element. Thank you. I would love to hear how you guys got connected. I mean, obviously oh. through your birth, but you must have gone yeah. through a, a journey to decide to have twins out of the hospital. So I was just curious how you guys got connected. Yeah, well, the story when Dr. Stu told me I was having twins, that's a good one. But my sort of home birthing journey began in 2008. In 2008, I was on a show called Life and I got pregnant. And I told my showrunners, oh, you know, like I'm pregnant. And it was, you know, obviously my first and I was very nervous. I was the first one out of the majority of my friends to get pregnant. And I was like, well, how does this work? Like, what if I'm on set and I go into labor? Like, what do we do? You know? And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all going to be well thought out way before then. You're going to know. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, how am I going to know? And they're like, you just go into the doctor's office. You schedule it. You schedule your C-section. You probably have to wait for the, you know, for the doctor to come back from his like golfing vacation. And the next thing you know, you got a baby. And I'm like, what? Like it was so, it did not work in my head. It's like saying two plus two is six. And I was like, hold on a second. How is that possible? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. It's not supposed to be the scheduled thing, is it? Like, and so I had one friend at the time. And no, no, I had many friends, but like, I had <laughs> <laughs> I had one girlfriend, Michelle, and she did start the home birthing thing. Like she, her first, I think was maybe about nine months or so before mine. And she had a doula. She was dating somebody. Their mother was Yvonne Novak. Mm -hmm. Oh, so one of my best friends, she was like, you know, Sarah, have you heard of home births? And I was like, no, what is that? And she was like, well, watch something called business of being born. So I watched it and I was just like, it made all the sense in the world to me. And I was like, oh my God. So at the time I was seeing a doctor over at Cedars and I went in for my next appointment and I, I was asking her all these questions. Like I had a check sheet and I was like, am I allowed to walk around during labor? And she's like, mm, 
She's like, yeah, but you know, we'll just monitor you and whatever. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, what if I want to squat? And she was like, no, you can't do that. And I went, why? Why can't I do that? And she was like, well, I need to catch the baby. I'm like, well, can't you just reach? Like, can't you like, you like go like this? Like, I didn't understand. And then I was like, well, can I eat? And she was like, no, you cannot eat. And I was like, well, why can't I eat? And she was like, well, because you might throw up. And I went, and? <laughs> and, and so there were all these things that just weren't adding up in my head. And I was just like, this is not making any sense. So I met Yvonne and instantly fell for her. And she and I became really good friends. And she's so, you know, nurturing and wonderful and all that other great stuff. And yeah, and then I watched Business of Being Born. And, you know, it's so funny, like as an actor, it's like, you know, who would you get starstruck by? Or who would you love to meet, you know, Meryl Streep or Julia Roberts or any of that stuff? And no, for me, it's Ricky Lake, you know, because Ricky Lake, she, she changed my life. She provided me with the freedom to think in the most important subject of my life. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, she's my hero. And so I met Davey, Davey Kulsa. She's a CNM midwife in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For our, and, um, for our so listeners. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and David calls the midwife in LA and she was just amazing. She just, you know, she's a Sikh. So she dresses in like all white and she has this amazing turban and looks so cool. And, you know, <laughs> but she's got this like big Brooklyn accent that comes with her. And, you know, and I just, every time I, I went into her office, I just felt like I got the warm fuzzies. And just the research I started doing for myself in terms of, I started seeking it out. Like, who do I know that did do a a home birth? You know, Kimberly Vanderbeek, like I spoke to her, I spoke to, I sought it out. And it was just such a successful thing for everybody. And nobody really had, you know, I think all births are unknown. You never know exactly what's going to happen. It's always going to be somewhat mysterious and you can try to plan, but it'll still take its own course and its own life. And yeah, it was just all of the experiences were really beautiful. And I didn't want to be another statistic at the hospital. I didn't want, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to have to worry about, well, are you doing this for me? Or are you doing this for the hospital? Like, do you have to induce me? Or are you doing that because you get paid more? Or like, you know, when it comes to what is it, vitamin K, but I don't have chlamydia. Like, why do I need, you know what I mean? It's like stuff like that, that I started learning more and more about. And started seeing what some of the hospitals had a track record of doing that I was like, well, I don't really want to be a part of that. So, and also on top of that, I really trusted my body. You know, it's like, I consider, this is where I'm like, I feel like I'm a witch. So (laughs) in a past life, I was a witch. And I just really trusted my body and I trusted the process and I trusted what mother nature sort of intended, you know, for me and my baby to be able to do. And I felt like under the guidance of, you know, Davey and Yvonne and my baby, like, obviously, we know what we're doing, because we are coexisting with one another, helping each other, you know what I mean? And no, there's nobody telling us how to do this. It's just happening. So I just put a lot of trust and, and I did have a, you know, a backup plan. I was aware. And yeah, I just kept, I don't know, I just felt like I kept my risks low, in a sense where I was just like, okay, like, I just want to drink lots of water you know? And so that way I don't have a situation where my like amniotic fluid is low and then I have to go to the hospital. So it's like, okay, what's amniotic fluid? Okay. That's water. So I'm going to drink X amount of water a day, make sure I'm walking. You know, I just want to be responsible with the weight gain. Just, I don't know. I just really saw myself as a vessel. I saw myself like I wasn't even human, if that makes any sense. Like I just saw myself as a vessel 
that was meant to bring this being into the world and the least amount of sort of human intervention as necessary was going to give me the most successful chance. But obviously I know that there is a time and a place where that stuff is needed. So I'm not here to put that down, but I'm just saying for me, that's the route that I chose. And I learned a lot of really beautiful things, you know? And so when the day came, I remember like, you know, you've got the Braxton Hicks contractions, right? And then I remember asking Davey, like, how do I know when the real one hits? And she's like, oh, you're going to know. She was like, you know, <laughs> kind of, it'll stop you in your tractor. You're going to know. And I was like, well, all right. And she always told me to walk. She was like, you know, walk, 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 walk. Uh, she's, she's big on walking five yeah. miles a day. I heard. I mean, <laughs> is that what it is now? Like, I, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So I went, I took my dog for a walk. And the next thing I know, it literally, like I almost fell back on my knees and I was like, oh my goodness. So that happened on July. <laughs> I tattooed it because I always forget eight. <laughs> and and uh, I called Davey and I called Yvonne and I was like, I think this is it. And the mucus plug came out and they were like, okay, we'll just go about your day. And when labor wants your attention, labor will get it. Like you could be here for 15 hours. You could be here for two days. Like who knows? Just listen to your body. I was like, awesome. So I went to the mall. I wanted to go to the Grove. So we walked around. I walked around the Grove for a really long time. I went to Hugo's and I had a feeling I needed to eat a big breakfast. Maybe it's because the doctor told me I couldn't eat. I don't know. But I was just like, I ordered like four meals that morning and I kept having contractions at the table and everybody around me was freaking out. But my ex was like, she's okay. She knows what she's doing. I hope. And I'm like, I'm fine. Ah." (laughs) But you know, what's funny about that though, Sarah, is that even you said it is the way that people experience it, that people around a pregnant woman who's having a contraction are freaking out. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why are you freaking out? This is how you came into the world. Yeah. 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 You you might've had a scheduled C-section, so I don't know, but. Right, right, right. But you know, one of those things where I feel like, you know, like the older countries, the older, you know, cultures, I feel like birth is this, it is the community thing. You know, everybody kind of gathers around and becomes this community thing. And it's not a medical emergency. It's not this isolated thing where you have to go into the hospital and you're ushered into a room and the doors are shut. You know, it's a much different, I think, reaction to it that normalizes it a little bit more, maybe than, you know, than we did and or than we do. Not me. So, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not me. I'm, not, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be as PC nice. as I can. Yeah, no, you don't have to. Not on our show. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, so yeah, so walked around the Grove for a little bit, and then when I was ready to go home, when I was like, I was tired. You know, I was just good and tired, and I just wanted to lay down. And then we went home, and then yeah, the water broke, and I mean, with each contraction that happened, it was a water birth. We, I had a water birth with Wolf as well. And yeah, he was born close to midnight. It was like almost 15 hours long. And I just remember thinking about contractions because this is something that I get asked still, like by friends who are just now having babies or something that like, what is a contraction like? Because everyone's so scared of a contraction. And it's like, well, okay. Do you know what seven seconds feels like? And it's like, yeah, you know what seven seconds are. All right. All right. So let's just say, I was like, have you ever run or like worked out or have you ever done anything physical? Like, yes. Okay, great. So you're more than halfway there. So it's like, if you have a contraction and you're at the very bottom of your contraction, like it's, you don't feel anything, but something happening inside. I mean, it could be 
you can have an itch and it's the same sort of reaction that you feel something happening. And then it starts to escalate, but you're only at the very top of your contraction for, I don't know, five to seven seconds. And then it mm-hmm. goes down. So it's like mother nature is really nice. You know, it's like she's very nurturing and generous in a way where it's like, you don't have to endure that for very long. And then you get a little break and then you go down again and then you kind of rest. And then you just kind of, it's a bit of a roller coaster. but if you kind of accept it, if you like accept that this is what we're going to do, accept that this is how it's going to go, you know, it's like you're, you know, you're expelling a human, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's nothing wrong happening here. Then it's a, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I love the way that, yeah, I love the way that you describe that for people. And I do think that that's the key that I see people who either suffer through mm. labor or are coping through labor are the ones who accept and ride that you know, that wave and allow it, you know, the way that I describe it is you just kind of allow it to wash over you. And there's no resistance. When you resist it, that's when you really are more challenged by that pain tension. That's right. That's you're you're going upstream. You are not going Mm -hmm. with the current. And you know, too, and I think they mentioned this in business of being born, but I'm not exactly sure. Was that like, you know, the epidurals and all that other stuff, like, wasn't that invented during women's lib, like the women's lib, when women started going to work, and they started entering the workforce, they didn't birth and all of that stuff, it became, you know, it was like a hindrance to their job, it was like, whatever, so whatever could get the baby out, and the most sort of expeditious, like fast, let's go like that kind of way. That's what like, whether it's Pitocin or that's what I had heard. I don't know if that's true or not true. You guys can, whatever you guys know that. Well, I also, I also think, you know, the pill and epidurals and those kinds of things also are like, why should we suffer? These are medical. Why should we suffer? Yeah. Yeah. We should should be able to be helped through this, but we didn't know the downsides. We're learning more and more about the downsides and what has been taken from us when we check out. And the thing is too, and and exactly taken from us and how it affects the baby. And I just feel like, you know, and for me, it was one of those things where it's like, wow, how many times in my life am I going to get to create a child? How many times in my life am I going to get to make another human? I want to feel every damn thing. You know, it's like from the first kick to the very last moment, it's like, I don't want any of those moments to be erased from me. Like, this is not something that happens very often, you know? So I just wanted the deepest you know, experience of it all, where I wanted to feel every little thing. So you know, for, uh, some, for some women though, and we're a hundred percent in agreement with you. I mean, your story is compelling and it's complete the way you tell it. That's why I, you know, we don't, we're not talking. We're just letting you talk. <laughs> but for some women, that fear is too great. And the, the idea of having a scheduled C-section is a godsend for them. And that's fine. As long as they've been given, as, as we talk about informed consent, and as long as yeah. they're given true information. And one of the things that inspired you to reach out to me, I think, Sarah, this past couple of weeks was the Joe Rogan interview. And I wanted to know if you wanted to give a little comment about just, you know, some of the information that you heard on that and and speak a little bit why it sort of got you riled up. You don't have to go into the detail details, but just because I yeah. want you know, you're a celebrity, they're celebrities, you know, right. you guys can have different points of view. Yeah. You're right, they're wrong. But that's okay. <laughs> no, I, you know, here's my thing on that. And I have to say, you know, she is my friend. Bridget is my friend and I love her dearly. And her birthing story is, you know, very different from mine. And I'm not here to take away from her birthing story at all. But the thing that, you know, was very important for me was for me to sort of 
just get out there factually that, you know, honestly, statistics. all yes, yeah, statistics and, and also that all birth is, you know, scary in a way because you don't like, you can't plan it. It's just very unpredictable. It's very primal, you know, and you have to be able to, you just got to kind of give into it. You have to release, you've got to go into it. And it's really hard to do that. And again, I'm not sitting here comparing anything. I love her. I adore her. And she has a lot of beautiful, wonderful things that she said out there. But it was just, I felt really compelled because I've never really talked about my birthing story too, too much. So, but it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, well, you know, I want to get my story out there. And my experience with you, Doc, was so special because it was twins. It was twins. One was breech. One did have the cord wrapped around their neck, you know? So it's all of those things that you hear about that could potentially turn into, well, this is why I went to the hospital. It's like, okay, cool. I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you're happy. And I'm glad everything is good. But there was another option. There was another choice in case you didn't know. And I like you guys, both of you, that's my only point is that I'm not here to preach one thing is right and one thing is wrong. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you have to feel really confident about your choices. You have to do what you feel is best for you, what you feel is best for your baby. And nobody can tell you that. Yeah. And, so, if, and, if, and if Bridget wanted to just tell her story, that's fine. But then they went off on the 50% transport rate and the narrow hips and non-birthing hips. And the there was one other thing that they really went off on. Um, VBAC. VBAC. Oh, and the VBAC. And, and can you do that? <laughs> they let you? you let, they let you do that? Right. So, well, you mean I, a baby out of your vagina? Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, and look, it's like, you know, and she and I, we spoke and I just, and she was like, look, I read something. I will be the first person to say, okay, I should have done more research. I should have whatever. So she copped it. She definitely copped it. And, you know, and again, it's like, she's my friend. So I don't want to, I don't want to throw under the bus. You know what I mean? But <laughs> no, no. I think, Sarah, I think the point that you're making is very valid. And it's how, you know, we as birthing people who support out of the hospital birthing, natural birthing, is that it really is about choice. And I think that because culturally hospital birth is so much the focus that we have to kind of balance that out with stories like yours and perspectives like yours of how did you get to making this decision? Why was that important to you? And it's not for everyone. Even as midwives will say, home birth is not for everyone. Yeah. If this yeah. is not, you know, you don't want to choose this out of fear of the hospital. You want to choose this because of the reasons that you talk or similar reasons to that, because sure. it's an experience that you want to have. And you've done your due diligence and you understand that both hospital and out of hospital have risks and you make a decision about what feels right for you. So it's not about bashing her for her own experience or you for yours, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing too, that I realized sort of being as somebody who, you know, did go to like a doctor in a hospital first and thought that that was my only option and whatever it was that she said, it's like, because they have the degree on the wall and they have, you know, delivered however many babies in the past, not to take that away from it's like they present it as this is the way this is the way and that's just not true because there are other ways and it just kind of it sucks that we're not given the options and that we have to go out and really seek it for ourselves and I just feel like when it comes to something like this most people do research more research on their next car than on their you know how to bring their child into this world and what's the best for their child and what's not oh we talk about this we talk about this all the time Sarah 
that, you know, if you're looking at a new car, you're looking at where to go on vacation, you, yeah. you, you spend a lot of time doing that, but then suddenly you're pregnant and you've been going to the same person for your pap smear for 10 years. So I just, ah, you know, they're a gynecologist. I'll just go there and they take my insurance and I'll just go there. And right. uh, Bliss has this great analogy, which you've probably heard about the weddings and how we plan our weddings and spend a fortune on our weddings. What if they had wedding insurance and suddenly you couldn't pick the venue and you somebody else picked the dress and you got the yeah. you got the vanilla cake instead of the chocolate cake and they invited people to the wedding you didn't like. Nobody nobody would do that. Right. 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 So yeah, so that's yeah, that's pretty much my point for coming on here is I just wanted to get really personal and into the nitty-gritty about why it was for me and just how much I loved every bit of it. And my stories in terms of, you know, like the process of you know, the ups and downs of contractions and what it's like to push and all of that stuff. It's like, yes, it is a lot. Like, yes, that's what it is. But it doesn't mean there's something wrong. And it doesn't mean you have to be medicated. And it doesn't mean that the pain is so great that you will not be able to tolerate as your human self. So therefore, you need to inject yourself with this one thing that's going to, you know, be hurtful to your baby. And it's, you know, it's like, it's not like that. It's like we have less things, you know, put in us if we break an arm or if we have, you know what I mean? Than if something as natural as like a, as a baby. So it's time to talk about another one of our sponsors. And this is a brand new sponsor who I was fortunate enough to meet some of the people that work there when I was at a dinner in Austin, Texas from thisisneeded.com. So Bliss, tell us a little bit about them. Well, you know, what's so cool is Julie, one of the founders was my client. She had a beautiful home birth with me. And I know this company really well because she's in Los Angeles. And Needed is a nutrition company focused on optimal nourishment for mamas. Needed offers the most comprehensive prenatal multi on the market with the best nutrient forms and dosages to help you thrive, not just survive. Not only is this nutritionally complete, but it also comes in three options, a powder, which I really love when they do powders for prenatals because some women don't really like to take pills, especially when they feel nauseous. So they can throw it in a smoothie and get a lot of great benefits. So that I really do love. Capsules or essentials. The founder of Needed are two mamas who discovered through their own nutrient testing that they were extremely deficient in the key prenatal nutrients, despite eating healthfully and taking a prenatal. They dug into the research and found that they were not alone. 90% of women who take a prenatal vitamin and yet 95% are left with nutrient deficiencies. So Julie and Ryan went to work and redesigned prenatal multi from the ground up with a group of perinatal nutrition and health practitioners. So check them out. They have an amazing line of prenatal vitamins and choline and collagen and all kinds of really great stuff. So check them out. Yeah, I got a gift bag from them and it was filled to the brim with all the different things they have. And once I get my medicine chest in order in the new house, I'll be excited to open them all and start giving the ones that are appropriate for me to try. Yeah, because they have a line for men too now. It's right. And, and you know what? There's a lot of variety out there. It's kind of like when you're shopping for shampoo and you look at the shelf and you don't even know where to begin if you don't have a brand that's your favorite. So let's make Needed our new favorite brand and, and use them. And all you have to do is to go to thisisneeded.com, just spell it out, T-H-I-S-I-S-N-E-E-D-E-D.com. And in this case, put in the code word birthing instincts, and you'll get either 20% off or a one-time purchase, which is a really good deal. 
or you'll get $100 off of a three months or greater subscription. So go to thisisneeded.com and use Birthing Instincts and give them a try. They support us, so we're going to support them. Yay, Needed. Thank you, Needed. So listen, I want to I want to take you down this path because in 2014, you find out, oops. <laughs> oh, God, that was amazing. Yeah. So let's talk because I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, because they all know you from Knox's birth, they want to hear. I know. It's, don't, don't be embarrassed. It's been wonderful. You share that with the. Uh, well, God bless me. you. Yeah. I, I'm so God happy. God bless you. Oh no, that's like, God bless Knox. So <laughs> let's, let's start from, because people love, love they love twin stories. They love twin stories. Well, and, and everybody that's listening to this podcast knows that babies come out of vaginas. They know that. Okay. So that, that's a given. So, well, yeah, okay, this podcast yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's but, so tell us, you found out you had twins. Take us through the twin birth and the, yeah, the so twin story. Had, yeah. So I found out I had twins and twins, they were not you know, it was a shock. I didn't do in vitro. I didn't do anything like that. I literally was, you know, standing in the middle of Times Square one day, I was shooting person of interest. And I remember just being like, twins, hmm, I wonder what that would be like. And then next thing you know, I guess that was the order I put in. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I found out I was pregnant. I was in New York. I was coming back. I was already a patient of Dr. Berlin, Elliot Berlin, in reference to the hips thing, by the way, I'm going to go back to that for a second. When I was pregnant with Wolf, with the first one, he wasn't turning. We were, I think, at 32 weeks or so, and he hadn't he hadn't gone head down. So Davey was like, you should go see Elliot Berlin. And because I was a dancer, I did have like really tight hip flexor muscles. So, I, But I just went to him three times a week. And for about 40 minutes, he just got my hip flexors to get kind of loose and loose and loose. Yeah, it was crunchy. It was crunchy in there. But he worked on it. <laughs> he was able to turn Wolf. And then Wolf stayed head down until 40 plus two, 40 weeks plus two. And then, you know, he came out. So that was the hip situation. But yeah, so the twins. So I called Elliot and I was Berlin and I was like, you know, hey, do you know anyone that can like give me a pregnancy test? Like, I'm like, hey, do you know anybody? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant, but I just need to like verify, like, you know, anybody with a stick or whatever. Come back to LA. <laughs> He's like, yeah, go see uh, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. Do you know who that is? I went, no. Because that's the thing is I didn't have a doctor. I didn't have an OBGYN. Like I didn't have anybody. I had a midwife. You didn't need one. I didn't need yeah. one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't need one. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I've got one for you. And I was like, okay. So I go to his office and I'm like, yeah, I just need to take a pregnancy test. Like I'll probably just do another home birth, like, you know, whatever. So he's like, all right. And I'm lying down. I think I still have a picture from that, by the way. Like I'm lying down and you've got the little wand on me. And then you went, this is an ultrasound, by the way, not a Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sorry. I don't know. Everything to me is like a thingy or like, whatever. So, so yes, an ultrasound. Um, so you've got the ultrasound on me and I'm lying down and I'm just thinking about, okay, great. I'm going to go back to Davey and how am I going to work this out with my shooting schedule and la, 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 la. And then all of a sudden you took the ultrasound off. You took the wand like off and you went, oh, and you looked away from me and I looked at you and I was like, what What was that? And you just went like this and you held up two fingers and I still didn't get it. Like I thought you were yeah, saying, like peace, like, peace. like <laughs> victory, like it's all good, like peace. Yeah. And and I couldn't see the monitor. The monitor, the way the angle was, my ex was able to see the monitor, but I because I was like down flat, you know, I couldn't see it. All of a sudden, Steve like 
jumps up. Do you remember this? He like jumped up and like his knees almost hit his chin. And you called your nurse and you were like, can you get the smelling salt? And he starts going. (laughs) And I'm looking at him like, fuck, like, what is that reaction? Like, is there a monkey in there? Like, what is it that is creating this? And there wasn't that much time in between. I want people to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this all was like, like, yeah. Second, second, second. And I wasn't, I wasn't dragging it out on purpose. No, 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 no. And I was just like, yeah, like the peace sign went up. He started jumping, smelling salts. And I'm just like, what? Like, it's all good. And you're like, no, twins. You're okay. having twins. And I was, I was like, what? What? And I went, what the fuck? And I literally became <laughs> that person. And I was screaming in your exam room. And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked over at Steve and I was like, you, <laughs> you did this to me. Goes, nope, actually, uh, no. He deposits like a hundred thousand sperm or however many. No. You're the one who dropped the extra egg, little lady. And I was like, you're shitting me. I was like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm having twins. And I was just like, okay. So, and even then I was still like, all right, well, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Uh, cool. We'll remember this moment for the rest of our lives, but I'm going to go have a home birth with Davey Colsa. And then I found out Davey does not do home births and that, you know, California midwives, like you're not, they're not back to do it or they don't do twins. You're right. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Stu became the man and Dr. Stu you know, again, it's like, I always do my research, right? And so everybody that I was talking to about him, instantly I called do, my doula, Yvonne, Elliot Berlin, my other friends that I knew, they, he's a rock star. Like he is a fucking legend. He's like the Lenny Kravitz of home birthing doctors and of doctors and everything about, <laughs> huh? What, what? I love that description of him. That's amazing. You're oh, like the Lenny Kravitz. You're a legend. <laughs> he is he's legendary. He's legendary. And so, yeah, he's like, yeah, he is. He's like a fucking rock star. And so then we started that. We started our journey together and going in and the whole thing. And and I was in New York, I think, for a bit of it. I was in the New York shooting for about the first, I don't know, maybe four or five months of it or so. Mm-hmm. And then I was being worked so much. Like, I remember Dr. Fishbein had to write me a note. Do you remember that? Because then you were... <laughs> Do you remember no. that? No, I don't remember that. Did I send you to somebody to see in New York while you were there? You did. Somebody to confirm. Yeah, I think so. Like around 13 weeks. Like we wanted to know. Yeah, I thought so. I thought I would. Yeah. So, yeah. So you did. And then the hours that I was working was ridiculous. It was like 17, 18 hour days. They were really hard. Wow. And as I got to be like five months and a little bit beyond, you wrote a letter. You wrote a letter to Warner Brothers, to the like the legal team over there. And then they had to like give me some time off and like shorten my hours and stuff. And it was really great the way he took care of me, you know, from that point of view too. Like your body, you're producing two children. Like it's very different from even one. Like you should not be doing this to your, your body needs rest right now, you know? So yeah. And then the day came, the day came, I was 37, 30, 30, almost 38. You're almost 38 weeks. Was I almost 38 weeks? So, which is amazing with twins, you know, like that's unheard of, I think. I don't know. I'll just make up things. And <laughs> to set the record straight, and when you leave them alone, we'll go to 39 weeks or more, but the medical model doesn't leave them alone, which is why they'll Almost never get to never. 39, 38 yeah. or 39 weeks because they'll induce you 
or section you before that because they have this thing about stillbirth, which is misguided because they're not talking about real numbers. They're talking about relative risks, which everybody who listens to me knows that relative risk doesn't mean anything if you don't know what the denominator is. So I won't go off on that tangent because people know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Most twins are not going to make it to 38, 39, 38 maybe. But I think you yeah. were a day or two shy of 38. I think. Of 38, yeah. And yeah, and then let's see. Oh, oh, I remember it was March 1st and it was a day in LA where it started hailing. So there was something about that pressure in the air. All of a sudden, like my water broke and I was like, okay, well, I guess it's go time. And so you came over, you went to your office, like in Santa Monica, I think, and you kind of hung out for a little bit. And then the twins were fast and furious. I mean, it was like four hours, both of, you know, like they were two hours apart. Violet came out in water. <laughs> I remember, I think, Doc, you came to measure me or something at one point. And these contractions were, these were intense contractions. Like I was, my body was doing something and I was just along for the ride. And you came to measure me and you came up to me and I literally like pushed you away. You're like, okay, I guess I'm not going to measure you. <laughs> and I'm then, not sure. I don't think, I don't know if I would, why I would measure you at that point, but I was probably measure, putting my hands you on you. Yeah, you wanted to yeah. check something and yeah. you came towards me right as something was happening. And I was like, nope. And you're like, good. <laughs> Glad we have that talk. <laughs> That's funny. And then I had, oh, and then I should also mention this. So my oldest son was almost six at the time. And, you know, I'm somebody who's very sort of inclusive about with my children. Like, I'm like, this is birth. This is what it's like to have a bit. Like, I don't believe in hiding those parts from them. I want them to know. And so my boy, he almost became like my, you know, birthing coach in a way. Like I would, he and I would, were the ones that would go for walks together. We'd go to go do a lot of walks, Wolf. And then when he, he wanted to be in the water to watch Violet. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. And I showed, and I was like, are you sure you want this? And I showed him videos of like cats and dogs being born to see what he could handle. And he was totally cool with it, like had no reaction, was just watching and just like didn't flinch. And I was like, I think he can do this. And so then, um, yeah, so Wolf went and put his little goggles on and his like, <laughs> and he got in the water and he got in Love the water. Kids at birth. I know, right? It was so fun. And then he got in the water and yeah, and he's like, I see her vagina. <laughs> and, and then so Violet came out and Violet had the cord wrapped around her neck. And she was blue. She was, you know, all different colors, but like white or, or beige or whatever colors our skin are. And I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember this because, you know, it's like all the hormones from birth were hitting me so hard. I was just kind of like, like I was on a drug, you know, the oxytocin just was like. Yeah. And I remember Steve was like, he like instantly took the cord off of her or something. He just literally, didn't he do that doc? Like he just like. Before you could even do anything, her dad was just like, whoosh, and just like his sort of paternal instinct kicked in and just went whoosh and got the cord out from her neck. And I remember you turned me around, Doc, and you were like, Sarah, you were like, hold your baby, hold your baby. So I'm holding Violet in the water and Yvonne, our, my doula. Oh, and Beth, Beth was also there. Beth, midwife Beth was also there. And they were trying to tend to me and Violet as Doc was checking on Knox and the other one that was still inside. And we always knew Knox was like, we always knew Knox was breach. Like that was not a surprise. Violet was head down and Knox was just like, I don't got anywhere to go. Like you just take up all the space. 
Right. And they're still like that, you know? So, (laughs) so yeah. And then I think doc, I think you started like flicking her. You like took a rag, you were like doing things. And then little by little she did. So her color started changing, started crying. And then we were fine. And then she came out pretty stunned. Her APGAR scores were three and eight. So she had a three at one minute blitz. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She did whatever she's supposed to do. She didn't need any resuscitation or anything like that. Yeah. It sounds like you guys just did stimulation. That's all she needed. Cause she would, yeah, because of the, the, because of the tight nuchal cord at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. Cause her heartbeat, her heartbeat, we weren't worried about her heartbeat at all. I don't think. Right. Sarah. I mean, we we never never got to be about her. It never got to be about that at all with Violet. Right. Even in, even at the end of labor, when you were pushing, I wasn't really worried about her heartbeat. I don't think. No, no. Oh. I'm sorry. Were you in the water for her? Yes. Delivery, for Violet, right? she was in the yeah. water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then she comes around. She's doing great. That must have been fabulous. Everything's fine. Everything's normal. Everything's like normal, normal, normal. You know, she starts feeding. He wants to get me out of the water. I had about 45 minutes with her before labor started kicking in again with Knox. And much like, you know, Doc was saying earlier, this was all very new to me that the babies could be like two hours apart, like six hours apart, like that kind of thing with twins, because I'm used to the hospital model where you talk about like, oh, you know, one child is, you know, two minutes older than the other one or something like that. So I thought for sure it was going to be back to back to that. But again, it's like mother nature has a way of taking care of you, of giving you a little bit of, you know, rest between babies to where you can bond with one before meeting your other one like that whole thing you know it's not like boom 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 like here you go you're a mom figure it out like it's not like that no it's it's boom 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 you're a mom here we're gonna put your babies in the warmer wave goodbye yeah 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 it's like remember when you push them out okay i hope you remember that because you're not gonna see them for a couple days um (laughs) and here's all this other stuff that the insurance won't pay for by the way you know so yeah so then violet we were in the bed she was nursing and then I'm trying to remember, yeah, you wanted me to nurse her for as long as possible. I remember that you were like, keep nursing her, keep nursing her until you like, until you can't, because that does entice it to go by faster or quicker. I think contractions, everything by quick, faster. Knox was breach. And then Doc, this was like, I remember this because this was a moment. Like I was literally like peering into your soul. I remember as I was like trying to push him out. So. Because something about his bag, like the bag wasn't breaking. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that part. It was like, and I don't know if this, if this is even possible, but this is what I thought it was. We were on the bed. I remember you wanted me on the bed for that, for Knox. Yeah. And I'll tell people that listening that I was more comfortable. I still am, but I was more comfortable even back then doing breaches on land than on in the water. That just was my comfort zone at the time. I'm, I'm gradually evolving, but that was where I was at the time. Yeah. So, and again, and because I just am completely like infatuated with everything you say and your viewpoints on everything and, you know, and the confidence and the care that you put that like, I was like, no, I have to do It's like, okay, what you say goes. And I felt really, really great. Well, that's about because it. partly because Sarah, we had a relationship because we, that's we, right. we had long visits. Yes. Every time we came to see you, like we were there for an hour. You know, and we talked about things that were not just birth related. We talked about lots of different topics. So we really got to know each other and got, you know, it's like as a doctor patient thing, it's like you became a friend. 
And yeah, that was really important. You spent time with me where I feel like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I think my colleagues in the medical model would love it to happen. They just are in a model that doesn't allow it to happen. Right. There's not time in that model to be able to do that. They just, they have to do volume in order to survive. Well, yes, you're right. And also the education that you could provide me, you know, the education with birth, with bodies, with labor, with twins. Like, I just feel like I could go I'm I'm not going to deliver twins, but you know what I mean? It's like, you taught me so much where I feel like people like your colleagues would not probably have that time to be able to do that to somebody. Um, so then, yeah, with Knox, I remember with Knox, you almost had to go up and get him. Do you remember that? Well, I did have to go up and get him, sort of. And that's because that's why you're famous in my world. <gasps> oh, oh, that's right. You did go up and get him. Right. Like elbow deep up in there, Doc? No, no. But I, I think I, you pushed him <laughs> out or I, I don't know if we did fundal pressure. But we you pushed him out just, in, as they get. just um, enough so I could get my fingers in there and and do something called a Pinard's maneuver. And the reason we did that was why? Do you remember why? Let's see. Okay, let me see. Um, had nothing to do with his size. That's the other thing too, by the way, that I bump on is when people are like, oh, the baby's way too big for me to deliver naturally. Like that's another thing that I Because really you're have. tiny. But I pushed out a seven pound twin and a six pound twin. Six you know what I mean? Half, so Almost six and a half, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, it's like, no, your body will not produce a baby that is too hard for you to deliver naturally. You like, pushed out 14 pounds of baby. 14 pounds of baby. That's right. That's right. If you treat your body well, if you don't eat a whole bunch of sugar and, you know, (laughs) and your baby's not 12 pounds when you're not meant to create a 12 pound baby, like you can push out the baby. So yeah. Why did you do that? Like, I remember like something about his bag wasn't like breaking, like, and you wanted- It it had to, I'll I'll help you out here because you don't remember, which is good that you don't remember because it was very dramatic. Even in the video, you can see that, you know, that, that you're just, you're so in your zone that finally, when I hand you the baby, you, you're just there's just like relief on your face for only a second, then it cuts off. But yeah. but because the baby's heart rate was down. Oh, that's what happened. Oh, because I remember you told me you were like Sarah with this next push, like you were like it was intense but not scary. I was never scared, but you were like with this next push, you need to get him out. Like you said that like a couple times. I remember, and I just remember like trying to connect to like the deepest part of my soul and like looking into your eyes and just like trying to give it everything that I had, you know, like that kind of thing. And so, yeah, so his heart rate started going down. Knox was was telling us that he was in trouble and he needed needed to come out by his heart rate. He was was having something called variable decelerations, which were getting deeper. I'm assuming, I don't remember exactly, but this is the scenario that I would do this in. And yeah. eventually the heart rate like drops below 80 to 90 and it should be on the one thirties or whatever it was before. And, and it stays down. It doesn't come back up again. And so at that point we know the baby needs to come out. And the, the beauty of breach is that, you know, you have handles, you can, <laughs> you can grab stuff. Whereas a head down baby, it's hard unless you have a vacuum or forceps, you can't get your hand on a baby's head and pull it out, but you can get your, your hands on a baby's butt or hips or feet or legs. And you can, uh-huh. you got a handles. And so the, People who don't understand breach delivery don't know that. But those of us that do breach delivery sort of, we kind of love it because it's kind of fun, actually. Right. Wow. I didn't realize that. I mean, you're right. It's Have you like, watched the video lately? 
Oh yeah. Knox <laughs> just a couple of days ago, he was yeah. like, Mom, am I adopted? And I was like, no, not at all. I was like, oh, you're not. He was like, oh, I get the feeling. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I actually have a video. Do you want to see it? And he was like, yeah. And so he just saw the opening frame where it's like, my legs are back up here. Yeah. And Knox actually came out like balls first. Yeah. Balls like, first. Balls first. Where mm-hmm. it's, you know, and he saw it and he went, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. And and then he started crying. I'm like, why are you crying? And he goes, I don't want to get pregnant, mom. I don't want to get pregnant. And I was like, I promise you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. I remember he came out and you did go in and get him, didn't you? You did. And, and I remember you pulled like, it was like Frankenstein almost. It was like the ball, like the butt, the balls. It was like, he was, he was like folded in half, right? It was, a fra- he was it was Frank. Bre- he was a Frank breach. I, I reached up, I twisted him down far enough where I could get the legs to come out. And when the legs I came out, he had, and then I, and then I corkscrewed him. Yep. It's called a love set maneuver. And then I swept the arms out and then the head came out really easily. And I think you delivered both six and a half, seven and a half pound twin, even though it was your second birth. And you didn't, I don't think you had any stitches if I remember correctly. Mm-mm. Right. Yep. So, I mean, tiny women can deliver seven and a half pound babies and have their vaginas yep. still intact. And, Amazing. Yeah. And look, you know, I mean, things did tear, but things went back. Like, it's just it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Just, Our bodies are meant to do this. It's incredible. I'm you, it is just I'm in awe of how we were created after yeah. having children, you know, and yeah. just and then breastfeeding on top of that and just what your bodies do. And it just we were really, truly made for this. We were made for this. So, but yeah. Well, I'll be I'll be forever yeah. in your debt for letting share that video because a lot of people, and we teach that maneuver at I'm the breach so classes. Are. Gosh, because I felt so lucky to have found you. And, you know, it's like when you were telling me, because you hear breach and you think that's a scary thing. And, but what the evidence that you were showing me, the research that you were showing me, the books that were written... It was all based on that one. It was like one study that was done that ruined everything. And, but you supplied me with so many other like studies and information and facts that were like, this is not scary. This is actually quite normal. Like babies have so many different positions like that they can be born in and we can do this. And so I'm just really, really happy that I trusted you. I trusted my babies. I trusted my body. And yeah, I got to have the babies at home the way I wanted them to come out and the way they wanted to come out. And that's great. And before we wrap up, I wanted to give you an opportunity and we can even edit this out if you don't want to, if you want to say anything about what's going on in Iran. Oh, yeah. God, that's just awful. Everything that's happening over there. You know, it's hard because I said you're Iranian. There, you're, you have Iranian heritage, right? Yes, yes, yes. Both my parents and are Persian and they've fled in 7980 when the revolution first started happening. And my mom was one of the protesters back then. She has horrific stories of, you know, she was in college at the time and her being, she would let out of her class, like the classes would end and there would be out right, right there in the square. It was almost a very similar thing where it's like, people are just like Islamic regime. They're just opening fire on anybody who says anything against them. And she watched her best friend die right in front of her eyes. And it was just like, you know, there was this one friend she had who was reading a book that was anti-Shaw. They came, they arrested him, they arrested his entire family, they detained him, they questioned him, all because of a book that he was seen reading. So these stories, you know, it's like I've grown up hearing these stories, and they never really felt alive until recently. And I don't know, I just, whatever it is that I can do, I feel like, you know, if I've 
if I have a platform, you know, if I've been given the opportunity to have this global platform, I don't deserve it if I don't speak up. So just to be able to say, like, however much I can show my support for the men and the women over there that are fighting this fight and whatever it is that I can do and to be their voice. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's the only thing they're asking for. They're like, just repost, just repost, just get our voices out there because we don't have anything. We don't have anything. But hopefully that this isn't a cause that will be, you know, in vain. So I really, truly hope that this is going to change things. I hope this is a revolution that, you know, will have a positive impact. And I'm also very proud that it's being led by women. That's really fucking cool. That's really just amazing. Well, we're pretty amazing. We're pretty, we are pretty powerful and magical. And I think that that's part of what we've forgotten, you know, that's been stripped from us when birth was put in hospitals and we were medicated and our babies were removed from our bodies and we haven't been able to be connected to our power as we've forgotten how strong and powerful we are. So I really thank you for sharing the intimacy of all of that, your family, your births, your choices. You know, it's so important for us to normalize this and to help other women understand why this might be so important to us as individual women and as collective. That's right. And it's just one of those things too, where it's not to sit here and preach that, you know, home birth is the only way home birth is that that's not at all the purpose. The purpose is to just, like Doc said, informed consent to know that you have options. You know, there's not a one size fits all model. You can choose. That's it. You can choose. And that, yeah. And one more thing, it's like the uh, the business of being born, that movie, it's just a remarkable movie. Like it was really well made. The music is great. It's a great documentary, but unfortunately they've taken it off of streaming. So you can't, like it used to be, like I was able to watch it on Netflix and, you know, way back when. And, but now I was trying to get it for a friend And you can't get it on streaming. You can't even get it on YouTube. Like you can't get it. So I had to like search and search and search to find a DVD copy. And I was able to buy it for her. So if anyone out there who is, you know, if you are pregnant and you just want to know what we're talking about, you know, I mean, I'm sure you already know if you've been listening to this podcast, but do yourselves a favor and search that DVD out because it's an hour and 30 minutes that could change your life. That's amazing, Sarah. Thank you so much. And there's also, just for your information, one of my friends up here in Santa Barbara is an executive producer of a new movie that just came out called Born Free, and you can stream it on Apple TV or iTunes. So that's another resource that you can pass along and watch yourself. I think you'd really appreciate it. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Okay, well, good. Sarah, thank you for coming on. And you know, yeah. if, you, if you ever want to change jobs, Um, you're welcome to come on the road to the reteach breach seminars because you'd be a big hit, but for now, sorry, I'm ready. I'm ready. No, no, your career is in a great place right now. And starring in black Adam, which is like the number one box office movie of the last couple of months, I believe it's what century, century, century. Is it really? No, (laughs) I'm just throwing out statistics out there. Cause why not? You know? I'm I'm so gullible. I'm so gullible. But yeah, I'm looking forward to your new projects. And I know that you're going to use your uh, fame wisely. I I hope so. I just in terms of, you know, the home birthing, breastfeeding, like all of these things, you know, women's bodies, all that stuff. They're so important to me and any opportunity that I get to 
you know, speak on it or to share my story. It's like, I'll jump at it because I think that's part of my purpose for being here. So yeah, if you guys ever come across anything, please don't be shy. I won't be. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for the laugh. We all need some giggles. So oh, you so well, much. good. I wasn't so trying to be funny, fun. but if I made you laugh, that's great. You're just being you. And this is the, this is the Sarah <laughs> yeah. that I got to know really well. And I haven't seen you in a long time. So it's really nice. to. I know, I know. I'm going to have to come visit you in Utah. Yeah, please. Please bring yeah, the kids. Yeah. Bring the kids. I, There's plenty I of will. room. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then Bliss, where are you? I'm in Santa Barbara. I'm oh, practicing Barbara. yeah, okay. in Santa Barbara and uh, okay. enjoying it, the beauty. I mean, it's like yeah. pretty much every day is 70 degrees out here. So right, right, bad. right, right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. All right, guys. Well, thank you again. Thanks for letting me speak. One last question. Where okay. are you today? I am locked in my bedroom in the Oaks of Sherman. <laughs> are you in the Oaks oh. of Sherman? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're in the Oaks yeah. of Sherman. All yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> All right, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right, I'll be in touch. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Bye. You too. Bye, guys. Well, that was fun. Yeah, she's great. What a great birth story. And just listening to her perspective was really awesome. Thanks. I know. For I think you and I spoke around. less in this podcast than we ever <laughs> in, in just about any other podcast. Yeah. But you she, know, you don't want to interrupt someone's birth story. You, you just want to let them kind of go. So I'm glad that she had an opportunity to share her stories here today. So uh, anything else on your agenda? What's going on? Next no, week? I'm going to I'm going to run to yoga because I could really use it this week. But I look forward to connecting with you next week. I believe that we are actually going to have the woman who created and then my friend Sarah, the producer from Born Free next week. So that'll, that'll be, be a fun conversation, too. Yeah. And even though it's going to be already two weeks past, please, please, please have a blessed Thanksgiving tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I love you. Have fun. All right. Maddie, I, love you I said too. hi. Bye, okay. everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Birthing Instincts podcast. We know that we all lead busy lives, so we are extremely grateful that you give us an hour of your time each week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest updates and reviews. To help others join us, you can find Dr. Stu at Birthing Instincts and Bliss at Birthing Bliss Midwifery on Instagram. 